Okay, breakups are hard, all right? Let's just be honest. I know, I was broken up with in elementary school and in middle school and in high school and in college. I've been broken up with, okay? It hurts, it's painful, and it doesn't really matter which side of that equation you're on, it's still awkward. I remember in middle school, I actually broke up with one girlfriend. It happened on my birthday. I didn't really think about it, but at the beginning of the school day, I just kind of had that feeling of like, you know, this isn't going to work out. You know, in middle school, you got it all figured out. This is not the woman for me. And so uh, I had determined today's the day I'm going to break this off. And then she gave me my birthday present, a Michael Jordan poster. It was fantastic. It was great. And then I broke up with her. It was terrible. It was terrible. I kept the poster. It was good. Uh, It was my birthday. Breakups are never easy, right? It's like always awkward. There's always just like this terrible moment because even if it's been rough, even if it's been awkward, right? It's like at least it was familiar, right? It's like that moment of devastation and trying to figure out, all right, I pick up the pieces, I move on. What does the future hold? There's uncertainty. You just don't know what to expect. And when it comes to our lives, the the lives that God has called us to, I want to make no mistake, let's be clear out of the gate, the old life that we have been living is completely different than the new life. And if we're going to fully embrace and experience the new life that God has called us to, we're going to have to break up with some of the things of the old life. That's just how it is. And I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Paul writes, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. How many of you are excited for that, the new life that we have in Jesus? Because when you encounter Jesus, when you say yes to Jesus, that is the point where everything changes And here at Crossroads, we're all about connecting people to Jesus. That's our mission. That's why we do everything we do. But we're also all about celebrating the change. Why is that? That's because we're celebrating the fact that people have encountered Jesus. The old life is gone. Everything is new. And that's a big deal because that means that I've been forgiven. That means I've been set free. That means I don't have to be consumed any longer by my guilt or my shame. I don't have to have this addiction and hold on all the hurts and habits and hang-ups in my life. No, God has something completely new, something better for me. And what an amazing moment that is to celebrate changed lives. My favorite moment is when we baptize people. By the way, our next baptism service is September 26th. So put that on your calendar and get excited because there's already people signing up. If you've said yes to Jesus and you've not yet taken that next step of baptism, take this step of obedience, experience this moment. This is an unbelievable moment that God has called us to where we just let everyone know, I have decided to follow Jesus. He has changed my life. It's a great, great moment to celebrate in your life and together as a church family. There's nothing like it. Why is that? It's because we're celebrating all that God has done for us. Think about that. And and when we talk about this idea of a new life compared to the old life, the old life is gone. A new life has begun. What you realize is that this is a significant theme that we see all throughout the New Testament. All throughout the New Testament we see this is how we define our relationship with God. This is what a changed life looks like. We also say at Crossroads all the time, God loves you and he refuses to leave you the way you are, right? He wants you to become 
more like him. It's, it's a process. And I would contend with you today that the Christian life, it's a decision. I say yes to Jesus, followed by the process of continually breaking up with the things that identify me as, as the old life. It's breaking up with the old life and it's embracing the new life. And that theme continues in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul again writes, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, he says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, he says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. This is the picture of the new life that we see. I mean, it's an unbelievable truth. It's an amazing reality when you realize that God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. It doesn't matter how far you have wandered, how bad of a person you think you are. You might think that there is no hope, there is no redemption, and that's simply not true. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God loves you. There is nothing you can do about it. I think one of the most amazing promises in Scripture is John 3.16, one of the most amazing truths. That's why it's the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world, he loved you so much that he sent his one and only son. He sent Jesus. So whoever believes in him, whoever puts their trust in him, whoever says yes to Jesus will not perish but have everlasting life. The old life, it's gone. He gives you something new that is eternal. It changes everything. And there's nothing that you can do that separates you from the love of God. When you turn to Jesus, when you say yes to him, the first thing he does is he forgives you. And in, in Scripture, it talks about painting word pictures of what this looks like. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far God separates your sin from you. Talking about the depths of the ocean floor. God takes your sin and he throws it into the ocean floor. These are the illustrations and the pictures that we get from Scripture of what God does to our sin. It's gone. That means I don't have to hang my head in, in, in shame. I don't have to be overwhelmed by my guilt. When I say yes to Jesus, I experience freedom. I have been forgiven. I don't have to live this way any longer. I've been given something new. And I tell you, in Luke 15, when you, when you hear the story that Jesus tells of the prodigal son, I mean, it just paints this beautiful picture of redemption and, and life that God wants us to experience. I mean, if you're unfamiliar with this story, Jesus tells this story about uh, two brothers. The younger son goes to his dad and says, Dad, I want all of my inheritance money now. Like, Dad, we have a great, obviously, relationship, and I just want to know that I love you, but I want all my money now, and I'm out of here. <laughs> Not a great relationship, okay? And at that moment, the younger son gets all of his money. The father gives it to him, and he goes his own way. Jesus says this younger brother went off, and he squandered everything he had in wild living. He chose to do life his own way, and it led him nowhere good. Because at the end of the day, when the money ran out, the party was dying down, he realized he was left with nothing. And in this story, the younger brother ends up at rock bottom. And in this story, that means he's feeding pigs to make ends meet. He's got nowhere to live, so he sleeps where the pigs sleep, and he eats what the pigs eat. That is rock bottom. Let's just be honest. I think the only thing that's worse than that is like, being like a Green Bay Packers fan. That'd be like just a little bit below that. <laughs> uh, can I get an amen? Yes. Okay. 
Uh, it was right there. I could not avoid that. So, so you've hit rock bottom. And the lie, the lie is this, that when I hit rock bottom, there's no way that God could possibly love me. Right? I am too terrible. I have done too many things. There is no hope for me. But the amazing part of this story, Jesus says when he had hit rock bottom, it says he came to his, sense, his senses. There was this moment of repentance where he has the recognition in his life, the realization, I don't want to live this way any longer. And then there's the hope of, I don't have to live this way any longer. Because there's the truth that God has paid the price we couldn't pay. He's given us a gift of new life. I can break up with the old life and I can turn to Jesus and, and he can change everything. What a beautiful truth that is and what a beautiful moment when we realize that God has paid this price, he's made this possible for me. I don't have to live this way. I don't have to be consumed by my guilt and shame. I don't have to be trapped by all of my addictions and my hurts and my habits and my hang-ups. No, I can be free. And so it says in the story that Jesus tells that when this, this younger brother comes to his senses, he says to himself, even at home, the, the people that work for my dad, they have better lives than this. I'll go home and just beg my father for just a, a job that he can give me so that at least I can have something going for me. And so, I mean, really in fear and, and guilt and in shame, this younger brother starts to return home. And you know what that feels like, right? Like, what, what's going to happen? I don't know how this story turns out. How am I going to be accepted? Is he going to reject me? Is he going to disown me as a son? What does that moment? There's fear there, right? Like, there's no way that this is going to go well. And yet the picture that Jesus paints is extraordinary. And honestly, as a dad... The longer I get into parenting, the more emotional I get when I tell this story because it's, it's so perfect. God, pictured as the father in this story, at the end of the day is, is looking down the road, just hoping that this will be the moment his son comes home. Jesus says while the son is still a long way off, the father sees him. And he runs to him. And he embraces him. And he welcomes him home. He throws a party. Because in God's mind, what was dead is now alive. What was lost is now found. That's why he has done everything he has done for us. That is the extravagance of his love. I don't have to live that way any longer. The reality is when I pursue the things of the old life, those things always take you farther than you ever wanted to go. They always overpromise and underdeliver. That's just how it is. And yet the things that we're looking for, real joy, real peace, purpose, fulfillment, my eternal destiny, it's all found in this new life that God offers us, that we can experience when we say yes to Jesus and then break up with the old life. Again, this theme recurs all throughout the New Testament. Listen to how this is described in Colossians chapter 3. 
Paul writes again, since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, since you have said yes to Jesus and you're breaking up with the old life, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Focus on eternity. Focus on what really matters. For you died to the old life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. This is your eternal destiny. So Paul says it's time to break up. He says, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. These are all things that belong with the old life. He says, don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. I mean, this is the Christian life, right? That's the reality of that phrase we say all the time. God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to become more like him. That's what embracing the new life is all about. It's saying yes to Jesus every single day. The reality is the old life is completely different than the new life. And I think a lot of times we struggle with that. I think we say yes to Jesus, but we're still a little fearful. Like, what does life look like if I give up everything? If I truly break up with the old life, will I be left with anything fun in life? Does God want me to have no fun? I think that's the thing that a lot of people struggle with. Like, it's certainly going to be very boring now because my life, I just go to church. Yay! (laughs) But think about it. When we refuse to totally break up, right, like, hey, I think we need to break up. Well, let's talk. You know, we're going to flirt for a little while, and maybe we'll get back together. No, 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 we should break up. No, well, let's talk some more, flirt a little more, you know. When it comes to our spiritual life, we we sometimes fall into the trap of riding the fence, right? The fence that divides the old life and the new life, and we try to hold it all together. We've talked about this before, the, the holy hug, right? Like, I would like to hold on to some of these things from the old life, but I really like this new life that Jesus has called me to. This is amazing, but I think I can have a little bit of both and I make it work. It never works. The old life is completely different than the new life. And the devil tries to trick us and deceive us and say, no, it's okay. But there are things in our life that God is calling us to break up with. And as long as we're trying to hold on to it, we're never going to fully experience the life that he's calling us to. It's all about transformation. It's about becoming like Jesus. Being made completely new. That's a beautiful thing. I remember when I was growing up, we had an annual tradition, Memorial Day weekend, we would go to Decatur, Illinois, and we would have a big family reunion with everyone from my mom's side of the family. And that's one of my earliest memories all throughout high school, that is what we did. And I remember about my sixth, seventh grade year, 
we went uh, to go visit my uncle Roger, and he was so incredibly excited. He was like, you guys, I finally did it. I got my dream car. It's a 57 Chevy. And we're like, oh, that's cool. Let's go check it out. I remember going into his garage and seeing, like, this car that was just in pieces all across his garage, right? Like, there's the fender, and there's the door, and there's the frame. And there's... I'm going... It's not even put together. Like as a sixth, seventh grader, I'm going, dude, you got ripped off. This is a bad deal. You know, like what, what's happening right now? He was so excited. Every year we would go back, visit Uncle Roger, and every year he was so excited to show us his 57 Chevy. And every year there was a little bit of progress, right? Like, hey, the doors are on the body now. It's awesome. You can almost drive this, Uncle Roger. Yay! I never really fully comprehended what was going on until about, you know, ninth grade year. It took him three or four years. We rolled in. He said, you guys, you got to see my car. Walked into his garage, and lo and behold, there's a beautiful 57 Chevy, jet black, shiny chrome. We're all cruising in. I'm going, now I get it. This is awesome, right? This is amazing. The old life is completely different than the new life. It's marked by transformation. It's me becoming more like Jesus. And I would contend that the, the life that God is calling us to is it's a decision. I say yes to Jesus. I ask him to forgive me my sin. He comes to my life. He makes me new. I'm set free. It starts with that decision. i got to say yes to Jesus. But it's that decision followed by a process, right, where I'm continually breaking up with the old life, allowing Jesus to transform me and become more like him. What do you need to break up with? What's holding you back from experiencing the new life that God's calling you to? What are you afraid of? What are you hesitant to trust Jesus with? Because we can only go as far as God takes us now. We've got to be willing to, to take those steps that he calls us to and become more like him. I love what it says in Romans 12. Paul again says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. I mean, that really is an amazing concept. When we talk about worshiping God, it's not just the songs that we sing. Worship is a lifestyle. I worship God by saying, God, I love you. I'm going to say yes to you. Not just one time, but I'm going to say yes every single day. I'm just going to be obedient. When you speak, I listen, I surrender. And that's the action. That's the action that God calls us to. I would contend today that new life begins with surrender. It's not what I want. It's what you want. God, I, I realize I don't have to live this way anymore. God, I can't live this way anymore because it's, it's destroying me. It's destroying my heart. It's destroying my mind. It's destroying my soul. Jesus, I need you. And he gives us the power to overcome. He gives us the power to be set free, to be victorious, he gives us the power to become more like him. I just have to say yes to Jesus. Break up with that old life. And in verse 2, Paul continues, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Well, this is all about changing my attitude, right? And the attitude is all about a new life being defined by transformation. How do I change my thinking? How do I become more like Jesus? How do I imitate him? Well, I do that by spending time with him. And we've got to make it a priority to spend time in God's word every single day, whether it's the first thing you do in the morning or the last thing you do before you go to bed. Make sure you're setting time in your schedule to spend time with Jesus. 
You can't become more like him if you don't know anything about him. Spend time talking with him in prayer. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and convict you and direct you. He will reveal himself to you. He will give you those opportunities to get rid of the old life and live into the fullness of the life that he's called you to. Who are you imitating? Who are you conforming to? It's our job to conform into the, the image of Jesus. I think finally in verse 3, this is very important, Paul writes, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. This is, I think, really critical in the process of embracing the new life. We have to be honest with ourselves. Got to be honest. And I think this comes down to the assessment, right? Again, I'd say new life is a decision. I say yes to Jesus, followed by a process. And that's that process of daily surrender, daily being willing to break up with the old life. When God reveals something to me that doesn't belong with a new life, I'm willing to break that off and surrender it to Jesus. But I think we have to be honest with ourselves because a lot of times we rationalize things in our life that shouldn't be there. We justify them and we, we just somehow say it's okay. I'm on the fence. I'm, I'm holding it all together and it's going to be okay. But I would contend with you today that if you're honest, you can look at your own life and recognize, is my relationship with Jesus growing? Am am I closer to Jesus than I was last year? Am I farther away? Am I going back to the old way of life and it's keeping me from experiencing this new life that God has called me to? I want to challenge you today. It's, It's time to break up. If there's something in your life that doesn't belong with the new life, it's clearly part of the old life then let's recognize today that has no business being part of the life that God has called you to. It's time to break up. That Christian life, it's a decision. I say yes to Jesus. It's a decision that's followed by a process. I want to close today where we started in 2 Corinthians 5.17 and just remind you today, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. What an incredible truth that that is. We have the option to live fully into the purpose and plan that God has created for us. And I want to say today, I want to challenge you, it's, it's time to say goodbye to the old life. It's time to fully embrace who God has called you to be and follow him. I want to give everyone a chance at Crossroads today an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to experience that moment where you make that decision to start the journey, to experience new life. And so if you're here in this room or wherever you're watching today, I invite you to bow your head and close your eyes with me, just where you're at. Let's take this moment and draw close to Jesus because we want to invite you to a changed life. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to remind you today that God loves you there's nothing you can do about that. It doesn't matter how far you've fallen, how far you are from God. If your heart's racing right now and you realize that you have a chance to say yes to Jesus, that he's drawing you close to him, I want you to know that's real. He loves you so much today. He wants to give you new life. All you have to do is receive it. It's an unbelievable gift that he offers us. So in a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to say a prayer with us that is just you saying yes to Jesus. 
And I invite you in this moment to make a decision to choose to embrace this new life that God has called you to. And I would encourage you with the truth that if this is the first time you've said that prayer, there is a celebration that is about to take place in heaven because what was lost is found, what was dead is alive, and God is so excited to have you experience new life in him. If you're here today and you've already said yes to Jesus, you've made that decision, but you're realizing there's some things I need to break up with. I would encourage you to join all of us, all of us together, to say this prayer out loud. To just renew our commitment to saying yes to Jesus and following him. So if you would, just open your eyes, look up at the screen, and can we just say this prayer together? Would you just say this with me? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the Savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. I'm so excited for the new life that God has for you today. If that was the first time you said that prayer, would you please meet us in the lobby? Would you let us know you made this choice to follow Jesus? We have a gift to give you. We want to give you a Bible and help you take the next steps on your journey because your new life has just begun. We are so excited to celebrate that with you. And if you're realizing today, yep, it's part of the process. There's some things I need to break up with. I just want to encourage you this week, take that serious. Draw close to Jesus. He's going to draw close to you. Embrace the fullness of life that God wants you to have today. Would you stand with me as we come to a close? I'd like to just pray a prayer of blessing over you today. Pray that God would give us the strength and the courage to continue every day just living this life of surrender, embracing the fullness of this new life that he's called us to because he is good and he loves us with an extravagant love today. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's pray together. Jesus, we just give you thanks because you are worthy today. You love us and there is nothing we can do about it. And we just praise you today because of your unfailing and extravagant love. God, we realize today that the old life is completely different than the new life. And this new life that you offer us, it's not marked by guilt and shame and regret. It's identified by real joy and peace, purpose, and eternity that is spent with you. And God, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have to walk in this new life. And we just ask for courage and strength, God, to do whatever it takes to daily surrender and become more like you. God, for all you've done, we give you thanks. For all you're doing, we give you praise. And as we leave the day, God, I just ask that you would bless us and keep us, that your face would shine upon us and be gracious to us, that you would turn your face toward each of us here today and give us your peace. We love you and we praise you. And we pray this together in your name. Amen. I am so incredibly glad that you joined us here today, and I just encourage you to leave today walking in the new life that God has called you to. Thank you so much for coming. You're dismissed, and remember this, you are loved. Have a great day.